Yeah, 2021 didn't have to try too hard to impress us. Nope. But it didn't even try at all. <laughs> like, you know, that last guy was pretty cool. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll do some of the things he did. Yeah. And, and more. Let's, let's just double down. Why not? You thought it couldn't get any worse. Here we are. Hold my beer. But you know there are there are positive things like um, funny memes and um, Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Aaron Green. And I <laughs> oh, am wait. not Aaron Green today, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> hey, Michael Gray here. I don't know how to make my voice go that low. <laughs> it sounds the same. <laughs> I am Michael Gray, and that's Aaron Green. How are you, Aaron Green? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the laugh, buddy. I Curve appreciate Curveballs. Curveballs. We need laughs right now, right? We do. Yes. Everything's Keep heavy and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and life always looks kind of the same when you're working from home and you have the same, you know, same commute to work. Basically, just walk out of my bedroom, pass by the coffee pot yeah. and sit at my desk. That's my like, commute. Is it October or February? I got, I got lost. I have no idea when it is. It's kind of how it feels, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, there's like this void between like a six-month span and you're not mm-hmm. really sure. Yeah, you I don't know. Just every day is the same. It's like <laughs> Groundhog Day. Just keep doing the same you know, thing. If I ever tried to impersonate you, I could never get that like gravelly kind of low voice thing going on. Well, just get a cold and have like a bunch of crap oh. in your throat because I think that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like I'm, <laughs> Which I always sound like I'm kind of sick a little bit. Which which sounds like a great plan in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Let's go get sick, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So just do that and then you can impersonate me. Okay. That sounds great. I'll I'll work on that. Yeah, I I was gonna I was gonna try to impersonate you, but I'm not gonna do that because you know I got I got a funny glimpse into your life from your Facebook post, I think it was this morning, that it's shocking oh. <laughs> as a parent how often you play the game. Is that chocolate or is that poop? <laughs> yeah, you play it a lot, I, to be honest. I laughed so hard. And then, of course, the punchlines start coming to mind like, mm-hmm. well, there is one surefire way to find out. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> yep. Well, it happened because last I night dare you. I took a shower and I got out of the shower and I grabbed my towel. It's a white towel. <laughs> And there's like two like kind of like brown <laughs> spots on it. And I'm like, hmm. <clears throat> Michael. So. Is, is this audience friendly to be sharing this? Yes. It was not there before. It's not for me. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're rating the Christmas chocolates and finishing those yeah, off, right? But I just, you know, with kids, you have this thought like, okay, what is this? It's good. It's one of two things. <laughs> one is fine. The other is absolutely not fine. It's like, there's no middle ground. (laughs) And yeah, so, you know, and then I'm standing there wet with no other towel. So it's like, okay, I guess I dry myself off avoiding the chocolate and or poop section and throw it in the wash. (laughs) Come to parenthood. Oh, Oh my gosh. And with two dogs in the house and a cat. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You just never know. There's just, you know, so many possibilities. So many. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's fun. (laughs) That was a good laugh too. We need more laughter. I still want to do, I do want to talk about humor and how that can be therapeutic and helpful and physiologically what happens when you laugh. Um, Absolutely. I wish we could find an expert on that. If we any of should. our listeners have an expert on yes. humor and laughter, please send them our way. Yeah, that would be fun to do, actually. Because it really is the best medicine. It is. Yeah. Yep. That's no, my, that would be fun. My, Sorry. 
I'll doing, share my meaning in the mundane this week, and it has to do with laughter. Okay. We're just doing planning, you know, on, on the <laughs> podcast for y'all. <laughs> thanks for being a part of it, everyone. Yeah, thanks for letting us brainstorm. <laughs> no, what we're really talking about today is some celebrity hacks, mm-hmm. maybe fad diets and um, health promotion um, publicity that you get from celebrities. From celebrities, yeah. And whether or not they're, you know, good people to listen to when it comes to that. But before we get into that, can I say this? Um, something that I think Aaron and I are both excited about is we have an official Middleish Instagram page. Woo-hoo! So, yeah. So, um, yeah, we just started that just a few days ago. Well, it'll be a few weeks when this airs, I guess. But, yeah, very recently. Um, so middleish underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, we would love for you to give us a follow and interact with us and share the page with anybody who you think might enjoy it. So yeah, we'd love to connect with you on there. Our hope with that is to, um, of course, announce the podcast and, uh, give you guys some, some little insight and some tidbits of the podcast, but then also, you know, connect a little more with our audience and maybe provide some, some tips, some thoughts, resources. There's going to be a lot of stuff on there. So. Yeah. And maybe like in Instagram stories, whenever I get to play it, we can all play chocolate or poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would actually be funny. Let's vote. Yeah. That would be funny. Let's vote. What do you think it is? That's a good one. I think we'd get high engagement with that one. You know, we might, (laughs) (laughs) we know what, we know what people really want. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Well, you know, there, the funny thing is there's no middle-ish in the chocolate or poop game. Mm-mm. Like you said, it Mm-mm. is one or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. And if there is a middle ground, it's still poop. So yeah, <laughs> if it's, if it's 95% chocolate and 5% poop, it's poop. That's all it is. <laughs> it's into that category. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Major side track. Okay, now that we've now that we've yeah. got that out, but yeah, but yeah, I follow to us let on Instagram, know. please. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. It'll be fun. Okay. Anyway, great. Back to, back to you, Aaron. <clears throat> well, I don't know where we should start with this one, and if I recall, this was something you had kind of thrown out when we were first brainstorming last spring. Um, and so I don't know, do you remember that conversation and what kind of made you think we mm-hmm. need to talk about what the celebrities are putting out there? No, I don't. You don't remember. <laughs> don't. Well, from my, I'll tell you maybe why it like grabbed my brain when okay. I'm pretty sure you said it, but who knows is it seems like our society as a whole really puts a lot of faith into what a celebrity says Mm -hmm. and into, uh, personal, um, accounts and testimonials Mm -hmm. and case studies. And it's really been an interesting thing for me to experience as a practitioner that spent years learning the foundation of science and the human body and physiology and health and exercise and nutrition and all of this stuff to then hear someone say, well, I just read on this celebrity's website that they do this diet. And it's, I mean, we'll get into an example of what quote this diet might look like for a celebrity, Mm -hmm. but it's usually like really convoluted, probably pretty complicated and not grounded in science. And usually really unhealthy. Yeah. Yet people just totally buy into it. And it seems like there's always a new kind of movement that Mm -hmm. people are fascinated with celebrities, whether they be, you know, actors or singers or athletes, or, you know, even some of our, um, famous CEOs in the country that are in Mm -hmm. big tech. Um, so we'll talk about some of those, but that's, I think that's part of the reason I became fascinated. I usually just tune out what celebrities Mm -hmm. are doing and saying, because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to, you know, hear or read any of that garbage. But at the same time, if it comes across my radar, I am curious, like, okay, what's the fad? I mean, I think you do need to kind of stay up on some of that stuff. Just so if someone brings it up, you can help, you know, um, maybe pick that apart with them from a scientific mm-hmm. standpoint and really talk about the evidence supporting or refuting some of those claims. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, just with the introduction of social media influencers, you know, like if you have someone who's a quote unquote influencer, they may have a couple hundred thousand followers. That's a lot. That's a big voice. But you look at celebrities like professional athletes, movie stars, millions of followers. So they're, I mean, their potential to spread a message is enormous. And kind of like you said, for some reason, if someone has a certain level of fame, we just assume that they're more trustworthy, that we should listen to them more, that, you know, just, it's, it's a weird thing that when someone has a certain level of notoriety or fame, it's just like, okay, well, I just, I'll just trust what they have to say because I don't, I don't know what the psychological reasons are behind there, but I think it's important before we get into it, we're going to get into some specific celebrities and, and the way they, you know, things that they perpetuated and promoted and that kind of stuff. But I just want to say this off the top that having some sort of notoriety or fame means nothing, right? It means it doesn't indicate you have any kind of any expertise or knowledge or any data based in any kind of science when it comes to exercise and nutrition. And in fact, mm-hmm. I think that it's, if anything, we should be extra wary of them because especially like actresses and actors, because they live and work and just th- their whole environment is all about the look, right? Yes. And I mean, we've probably all heard it said a whole bunch, you know, an actress or an actor who talks about like, I, I had to lose, you know, 30 pounds just to get this role. And it doesn't matter how they feel, you know, mentally or emotionally or even physically, as long as you look the way we want you to look, you're good. And so if that's the only marker for a lot of these diets, what are we, why are we listening to them at all? You know, because there's, there's nothing else taken into account. And then on top of that, I mean, we're everyday people who have jobs and families and, you know, we are not people who get paid millions of dollars to, you know, just to look a certain way and have, you know, six months and a whole bunch of money and, you know, personal trainers with us, you know, several days or several hours a day and chefs cooking us very specific food. Like we're not that. And so housekeepers, nannies, right. Part of your job is going to the gym and training for Mm -hmm. this role or this, you know, concert or whatever. And so taking those things to an account, it's just like, I think there's, that's not to say that any celebrity doesn't have, you know, sound advice or anything like that. But I think we just, all of them, we need to take just with a massive grain of salt of, okay, I am not that. And if I am not that, how well is that going to apply? And even if I was that, this still may not be a very good idea. So that's what's yep. my, that's my general disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. You, you hit on all of the highlights that I was thinking as well, just the focus on physical appearance, the resources and lifestyle that many celebrities enjoy, um, at, or, or maybe even it's required of them. You know, there's, um, you know, some famous, uh, clauses in history in celebrities contracts about how they have to manage their weight or, you know, being put on super restrictive diet regimens. I think I even read something about Judy Garland back in the day was, um, suggested to chain smoke all day to suppress her appetite. So that was like something that a a company had put in her contract or something. So, I mean, these are, oh man, like I, (laughs) I just, I think of those, you know, those are just a few of the things that are brought to our attention as the general public. So you just don't know what is going on behind the scenes. And then something else that I always remind myself whenever I get into that cycle of comparing myself to another human, and I find that it's an unhealthy manner, I just remind myself, I am not them. They are not me. So really just getting back in touch with my own individual out individuality and understanding that what works for one person, um, is may or may not work for me. And you have to be honest about the, your lifestyle and how that sets you up. Right. And then I think even just to ask yourself, is it actually working for them? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So we have a few uh, celebrity examples to go through. And excuse me, I think maybe one of the places I want to start is with um, Tom Brady. Because I think this is a little bit unique in that Tom Brady arguably is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Maybe statistically he is. And, you know, there's all this hype right now because he and Drew Brees are the two oldest quarterbacks in the NFL and they're going to, you know, have a showdown. It'll, this will be released after that happens, Mm -hmm. but it's coming this weekend. Um, But Tom Brady's job and his age in the context of his job requires him to eke out that top fraction of a percent of his performance. So whenever I hear this, Tom Brady's doing that, Tom Brady's diet, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, if he is really trying to eke out the very last few years of his career and he is, he wants to maximize every last bit of his performance he can, then it would probably make sense for a person like that to go to a more extreme method and a very rigid method of, you know, just taking the best care of his body that he knows how, um, and his diet, I guess he actually has a method, the TB12. TV I didn't 12. either. I didn't either. What this is the was something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably really bad because I don't know that. It might have been his number at. Was that his number at uh, New England? I don't know. I'm gonna look, I'm I don't gonna know. Look that up real quick. Anybody who's a football fan that's listening to this, maybe correct me on this. But yeah, I remember number twelve as the number. Oh, okay. Number. Yeah, makes sense. Huh. Okay. So when I worked at uh, with the Bronco football players several years ago, there was a quarterback. Uh, that was obsessed with whatever Tom Brady was doing. <laughs> I'm going to do that thing. And it, you know, the TB12 method is really focused mostly on whole, minimally processed foods, um, lower acidity foods, which the evidence tells us that your body actually is a very tight regulator on acidity, alkalinity. And so yeah, that's one of my favorite mm, things lately. <laughs> It's, it's really bizarre to me that, <laughs> that, um, people think that you can severely can't shift change that. your, yeah, that's, that's something that, um, I mean, that's just like, how you die. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something that your body is really smart and, and good at regulating and it's very yeah. tightly regulated. Yeah. So, um, and, and also like foods that reduce inflammation is part of it. So really focusing on, um, what I read about the diet was 80% fruits and veggies, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes. Sounds really good. Mm-hmm. 20% from grass fed, organic, antibiotic, and hormone free lean meats and wild caught fish and seafood. Okay. All right. Really good protein sources, but also a very strong, um, component of, I would say maybe elitism and some Mm -hmm. access to that kind of food. And so just, you know, careful with that. And, and just to say that a lot of people hear those things and they're like, oh yeah, of course I want antibiotic free food. Well, guess what? It's already antibiotic free Mm -hmm. because that is how our food supply works. Mm -hmm. Um, food is not allowed to be processed with antibiotics in it. Yeah. It's tested. And of course I, I could probably get raked across the coals for saying that from some people, but I will say that I, I really yeah. do trust in, in our, um, you know, our food supply system. And I have spoken with, you know, farmers, with, mm-hmm. um, the regulators, with the legislators, with, uh, you know, everyone that goes in that, mm-hmm. in that realm, um, the scientists that test the food. So anyway, yeah. um, so he has these very kind of, you know, very plant heavy and then with protein, um, not eliminating any single food group, which is really, uh, favorable, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the nuanced things that I contend with his eating plan are, um, drinking a lot of water, but avoid drinking water with your meals, What's which is, I don't really know. It probably has to do with like inflammation or acidity, um, mm. myths maybe, but, um, <laughs> my thought is everything I know about digestion is water actually aids in digestion. And so if you're eating, especially like a high fiber diet like that, that's like whole foods, you know, um, a lot of plant-based nutrition, I would actually encourage people to drink 
drink some water along those meals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you don't want, you don't want dry bulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, that equals a bowl of pain, <laughs> <laughs> a bowl of like lentils with bulgur wheat and no fluid to wash it down would probably nope. be like a brick mm -hmm. in your stomach. Um, but also excludes nightshades, which are like tomatoes, eggplant, peppers, um, most oils, soy, GMO or gluten containing foods, artificial sweeteners, trans fats, caffeine, MSG, alcohol, and iodized salt. Now you tell me if this college player that I worked with years ago would be able to follow this diet. Right. And furthermore, when I would talk with him about it, he would be like, well, I want to drink alkaline water. So he'd want to go and buy this really expensive alkaline water, but I could hardly convince him to get a new vegetable in his diet or to eat something like quinoa or a new, you know, whole grain right. option that was unfamiliar. And so again, this was my, you know, my little case study and introduction mm -hmm. into the Tom Brady diet where I'm like, okay, if it works for Tom Brady, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And let's just look at some of the very like low hanging fruit in your eating pattern and your overall health right. pattern and see if maybe adopting a few of those very simple changes that aren't so extreme could actually right. help with your performance. Right. Well, and it's just, it, it's just the whole thought of, that we, we feel like correlation equals causation, right? So yeah. like he's doing these things and therefore that's why he's a great quarterback. And it's like, right. he, he may be a great quarterback in spite of these things, or maybe he could be an even better quarterback following some different protocols. Like we don't know this, but we just kind of assume that, okay, you know, certain person does these things. And so that's why they have certain outcomes. Well, we don't know that. I mean, that's a lot of rules. That's a lot of rigidity. And so do they all contribute equally to this, you know, or some 20% contribution and some 3%? I mean, it's just, it's too much to flesh out and it's, it's too much to, to really put any kind of importance on. And, and again, it's just, we don't know that these things directly contribute to anything, you know? Right. So, yeah. And maybe, maybe he believes they do. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the magic. I mean, sure. there is a very strong body of evidence for the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. So if you believe it's going to work for you, then it might be worth, you know, something as innocent as spending an extra $300 a month on alkaline water. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess it hits your pocketbook pretty hard, but it's a very unlikely to really truly impact your health. I mean, go for it if you believe in it, you know? But yeah, I think it'd be quicker just to throw that money right in the toilet, and flush it, <laughs> get rid of it all in one fell swoop. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Along with that mystery chocolate, chocolate poop. Or poop. We need like Owl a little jingle. We need like a jingle. Chocolate no, I don't, I don't think we do. You, you can put that together, Michael. <laughs> I just might. <laughs> and one more little tidbit that I found when I was reading about Tom Brady is, um, one of the experts, uh, that was kind of reviewing his diet said that just making meals more monotonous can reduce caloric intake by 40%. So Gee, you think as we're going through this, just keep that in mind, folks, that when you're doing something that removes, um, flavor or some of your favorite foods or an entire food group or requires mm -hmm. you to eat the exact same thing like day in and day out, that that in itself can just really make food disinteresting. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're not going to want to eat as much. No, wait a minute. Here's, here's what I know about people is that <laughs> when they're doing something routine and boring, the longer they do it, the more they want to do it, right? Isn't that how that works? <laughs> I mean, just the idea of like, of course it's going to reduce things like by 40% because you're tired of it. But like, yeah. okay, so how, how much does it increase the chance that you're going to say, screw this whole thing? <laughs> like I'm done with this because it sucks like by a thousand percent. Right, give no, me a cookie like, now. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good statistic but it's may not paint the whole picture, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's not a pause. It's not reducing caloric intake in a positive way. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way and yeah. not sustainable. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we moving on from Tom Brady? Sure.
Do you want me to review another one or do you sure. have one you want to talk about? No, well, so you, I, I kind of snickered when you said, man, there are a lot of rules in the Tom Brady, the TB12 mm-hmm. method. Um, another celebrity that is in the news recently for weight loss is Adele. Love her, love her music. I've always loved her. And I, I just have to say from a, um, just a societal attention to someone's size kind of standpoint, Adele has been pretty mum, I think in the press from what I have seen and heard about her actual weight loss and the reasons for it. And so we don't know the whole story there. We don't know if she was, I, I remember reading or hearing something about she was living a very unhealthy lifestyle before the weight loss. So plenty of alcohol, maybe some smoking, staying up late, not taking care of herself, not exercising, very depressed, all of these things that we know create an unhealthy human um, and don't don't contribute to health. So that set that aside from the weight loss. Um, I think there's been so much attention to her change in size that people don't, they don't want the full story. They just want to know the diet method. Like how did she do it? And oh, she looks so great now. So she followed the cert food, cert foods diet, cert, S-I-R-T, uh, stands for sirtuins, which is a specific protein in the body that I don't recall learning about in any of my physiology classes. So it's either a new, it might be a, a new, um, you know, physiological discovery, or it's something like so detailed and minute and possibly insignificant in the grand scheme of health that maybe it's something that just wasn't covered. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's something to call attention to real quick is that if a registered dietitian in her studying does not recall this thing, how much importance does it have? It's a fair question and to it, ask. And it, it could be my lousy memory. I don't know. But, I doubt it. But I will say that I just, I was reading about this and I was like, oh, maybe I should read a little more, more about sirtuins. But apparently this diet helps to... Um, activate these little proteins that are believed to protect your cells from dying under stress and possibly regulate inflammation, aging, metabolism. And one of the quotes from the authors of this book for the cert foods diet says that it turns on your skinny gene, which that's a, (laughs) that's a whole nother realm of investigation because there is a ton of research on our genome and how we are changing our genome as, as human beings. Um, so anyway, that, that's another thing to, to investigate, but I don't like that quote at all. (laughs) What don't you like about it, Michael? I don't know. There's just so much emphasis on size and what do they even call it? Like, like, uh, there's, there's a, has a term, I can't think of what it is, but just there's like an elitism to, to being a certain size. And what's that called? Um, we've talked about it before. I don't know, but just the idea that, that, that's quote unquote skinny is, is better and healthier and the thing you should chase. And if uh, like the diet culture, yeah, thin, thin privilege. Else? That's what I'm thinking of. Thin oh, privilege. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just, I don't know. Just the idea that, anyway, I'm going to get into nope, the whole it's, thing. I, I could tell just by watching your face. For those of you who yeah. are listening and not don't watching care YouTube, for it. <laughs> Michael was like, ugh, gay. But you know, I just, I guess a lot of this, like, I just, I think of like in terms of like my daughters and just the, BS that they're going to have to wade through and that they're just going to get preached to. And just the idea of them at some point in their life being told that they need to turn on their skinny gene as if their bodies are not exactly the way they should be. And as if there's something not working correctly inside of them. And I just, it just pisses me off. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Super interruptive. Anyway, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. And this is one of the things I think that helps these diets catch fire is people read something like that. And mm-hmm. number one there, we have this drive for thinness in our society that kind of takes over for people. It's not a drive for health. They just want to, a lot of people want to just look thinner or be thinner. Now, let me just clarify. There is 
nothing wrong with wanting to be thinner if that is something that is important to your health and you've identified that as something that you want to work on. I do think that there needs to be some eating competence and emotional Mm -hmm. health and some, you know, security in those realms before you embark on such a thing. Absolutely. So, so cert foods. Okay. So it's two phases. The one phase is, I mean, now you're ready for some rules, right? Buckle up. So the first phase is one week at a thousand calories a day for, for three days with three cert food green juices a day plus a meal that's high in cert foods. And in case you're wondering what cert foods are, here's a few examples. Green tea, apples, citrus fruits, turmeric, kale, blueberries, dark chocolate, capers, red wine, extra virgin olive oil, parsley. So these cert food green drinks, these juices that you make, they have to be juices. They can't just be like a smoothie you throw in a blender. So you got to buy a juicer. And I've only had a couple experiences with juicers, but in my experience, they're pretty cumbersome and messy to deal with. So you got to really love juicing. Um, It's not really for me. You remove a ton of the fiber when Mm -hmm. you're juicing something, although you do concentrate down a lot of those nutrients. So that's, you know, trade-off. But think about this, a thousand calories a day, you guys. I'm pretty sure my four-year-old meets more than a thousand. I was going to say that's like like a preschooler. Yeah, like a preschooler would probably not grow well if they were, you know, depending on the size. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so you do that for three days, and you only get one meal that again is rich in cert foods, and I just listed those out. And there, I had a hard time. I mean, some of the. websites I read talked about protein options on the cert food diet, but then others like avoided them altogether. And so I really had a hard time understanding where, where this person is going to get their protein. So you have these three drinks and a meal for do that for three days. And then for days four through seven, you get to bump up to 1500 calories with only two juices a day, but then two cert food meals. So then there's the maintenance phase. So this is phase two. Okay. So are you following friend? Oh yeah. I'm sure everyone's following real well. <laughs> I know. I, okay. Wake up, wake up Jeez. audience. No, I'm, not that I'm it's boring. Going. It's just like, gosh, it's so like complicated. And then on every third Tuesday when there's a full moon. Yeah. <laughs> so then the maintenance phase is 14 days of quote, steady weight loss um, whatever that means. So it didn't, I didn't find specifics on that. I, I heard that the long term is having three cert food meals a day plus one green juice. Now that long term, I was like, well, okay, why don't we just start people there? Like three balanced meals a day plus a green juice and see where that gets you and see how it's satisfied. But also with how about some protein and, mm-hmm. and making sure that you also pay attention to what your body's telling you during all of this. Because to me, I mean, I look at that a thousand calories a day and I'm just like, whoa, I know that there's some really exciting research for some people on very low calorie diets. Um, I'm not super thrilled with them because I think that the psychological and physical consequences, um, probably outweigh many of the, the benefits. Um, so so that's the cert foods diet. Ooh, I need and might I, might I just add, this was, this was the best part. And this is one of the things that I get really irritated with our diet culture. I'm watching, I'm like reading these articles and I'm trying to make sense of this super complicated dietary. I, mm. I think the, the formulaic nature of these diets is part of what people buy into because they're like, oh, if it's that specific, there has to be a reason for it. Right. Right. And so then it sort of, um, fluffs up some of the, the, um, I don't know, the virtues of these, this Mm -hmm. diet, or, or maybe it's reputation and people will buy into it more if it's super, you know, rigid, Sure. but I'm, I'm reading through this website. I'm trying to make sense of this diet. And there's a little pop-up window in the corner of my computer that is playing this ad for a 
baking this like custard tart. <laughs> it is certainly not a cert food tart. I will it's give you that. Funny. And it is, I'm not even kidding. I almost like grabbed my phone and tried to like screen record it or something because <laughs> it's, it's like this slow motion, like spreading the custard in this beautiful pastry. And then it's like, folding up these little fruit flowers and placing them in the custard. I mean, this video took like three minutes to go. It wasn't just a pop-up ad and then it's gone. And I'm watching this and I'm like, look, if I'm the person that's trying to research this new convoluted diet, yet I have this custard staring me in the face. That's just beautiful, sexy, slow motion. Like you, Mm. you know, cut a slice and lift it out of the whatever. I just was like, this is so this this experience I'm having right now is why our diet culture <laughs> is so effed. <laughs> it's, it's like here you can drink these green drinks, but don't pay attention to the, the right. man behind the curtain over here. It's like, hey, we got to make a buck somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> Selling ads. Oh, geez, that's funny. <laughs> so some of right. some of the uh, meal examples did include like chicken and turkey and stuff, but I, I really didn't find a lot of examples that had enough protein in this, in this diet. So, I mean, bottom line, totally don't recommend it, you guys. Um, but this is not to mention, I mean, again, it's Adele, like she's Mm -hmm. probably got trainers and personal chefs and doesn't have Mm -hmm. to really think about this. She has somebody that can go make her the green drinks, whatever. Right. And she's, she's possibly just really focused on a look too. You don't know the whole story. Right. Right. Someone losing weight does not mean a healthier person by any means. Um, let's, I want to do this to Kim Kardashian. (sighs) Speaking of, speaking of things, I don't care. Are you ready for this to be over? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, it's good. I think it's really important that we do this. I just, it's just, oh, it's all the stuff that I think we both just despise and a lot of it. Um, It's very cringy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Kim Kardashian, if you don't know who she is, I don't know what to tell you. Don't bother. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am jealous of you. (laughs) So um, as of, uh, the publication of this article, which who knows, I think probably a lot of celebrities are doing different things all the time. Right. Um, but she, uh, she was following the Atkins 40 diet. So, which is, uh, kind of the basis of the Atkins diet, but limiting carbs to 40 grams per day, which is pretty low. Okay. Um, so this diet focuses on limiting sugars and carbs. Um, like I said, she gets 40 per day, 40 net carbs per day. Um, somewhere in the low to mid hundreds of grams of protein, um, which is, is good. So it's kind of a, it's a high protein, low carb kind of diet. Um, and then a few servings of fat per day. So, um, kind of the basis of the Atkins 40 diet is the, the things that are allowed are vegetables, um, especially colorful ones. Okay. That's good. Uh, proteins, including meat, fish, poultry, plant-based proteins, uh, healthy fats, including all olive oil, avocados, nuts, uh, dairy, like Greek yogurt, hard and soft cheeses, and then a variety of fruits. Uh, this diet tends to limit, or you're supposed to limit white flour, sugar, and then most common carbs, which would be like, you know, breads, tortillas, chips, crackers, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, the tricky part about diets like this is that there are some really good things about it right? Like emphasizing vegetables and protein and healthy fats and fruits. Like, yeah, we all need more of that. Mm -hmm. This is a great thing. And so it seems really appealing. You know, it seems like, man, this is something I can get on board with um, because there are some really good recommendations from that. But where, where things fall apart pretty quickly is that exclusion of a really an entire food group and this demonization of carbs, right? Like 40 carbs is not much. Like no. you're going to, you're going to get through 40 carbs real quick. Even just, even just with fruit and vegetables, like right. you're going to get there real fast. If you have, you know, half a sandwich or something, I mean, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. 
So it's incredibly low and, and it just perpetuates this whole just movement that unfortunately we're just, we've been in forever. It seems like of just carbs are the enemy carbs, the devil carbs are the reason that you're fat insulin and blood sugar. And, you know, all this just half cocked science, you know, um, that just really demonizes an entire food group that one, a lot, I mean, grains and stuff, they have great benefits for your health and your body. And then two, all the other stuff that is just enjoyable, like you just remove all the fun, you know, like happy birthday. Here's your bowl of carrots. (laughs) Carrots have good carbs in them though. I'd, I'd say here's your bowl of spinach. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Or something. something Because carrots are probably too high. You can't even have carrots in your birthday. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. So, and, and so it just, I think a lot of these diets, they, they, they could trip you up because they really do seem like mm-hmm. a lot of solid recommendations because they are, but then there's this dark side to it of, yeah, do this and do this and this, but don't you dare do this. Right. Because if you do this, well, yeah. And then what does happen on a birthday when you do want to, you know, have a piece of cake or something, or what does happen when something changes in your life or you just plain get tired of this Mm -hmm. way of eating and you decide that I, I miss having an actual taco with a tortilla involved Mm -hmm. or something, you know? So I think that's, that's the other piece of these diets is what happens after what happens in the long term. You know, it's no secret that most of these diets work in the short term Mm -hmm. for weight loss, Mm -hmm. you know, possibly depending on the diet for other health benefits, you know, for, for example, um, U S news and world report always puts out, uh, you know, best diets of the year, um, review and dash diet, Mediterranean diet, flexitarian diet are always toward the top. Mm -hmm. And these are diets that include all food groups. Uh, they focus on whole unprocessed foods. Most of the time they have specific guidance on, you know, how to kind of build out your meals, but they allow for enough flexibility that you can actually live with the diet versus mm-hmm. something that's more like Atkins. I mean, I think it, the, a very small number of our, you know, everyday people can actually follow something like this right. for their lives. Right. And, and enjoy it. Well, and then the trouble is, I mean, so 40 grams of carbs is really low. 60 grams of carbs is still really low. Yeah. But if you're following this diet and you just, wow, just really go hog wild and have a whole 60 grams of carbs in a day, which is still nothing. Well, now, you know, you're just a piece of crap who can't do this. You know what I mean? And here you go. You failed again. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's bananas. And it just, right. it sets people up to just live in that cycle that just over and over, over again of just like, I'm not cut out for this. I guess maybe I'm just not meant to be a healthy person, you know, and it just, it's just a nasty, nasty cycle. And, and, and diets like this just perpetuate that. So there have been a couple celebrities that have seen beyond this nasty cycle or the, you know, gotten into the grips of a very rigid diet, or, you know, really striving for thinness. And then they realize that this is not a healthy thing for me. And two of those celebrities that I found are, um, Beyonce and Taylor Swift. So Beyonce, uh, I watched her documentary homecoming, which was about her comeback to perform at Coachella after she had her twins back in, I think the, the documentary was filmed in 2019. And it was well-documented that she, she has gone through a number of different diets and cleanses and various methods of whittling herself down. And she has said before that I'm not naturally skinny. Like when she was in her early twenties, she would have like cucumbers and tomatoes for lunch because quote, I'm not naturally skinny. So again, this kind of pattern and history of her trying to form her body into something that it is not naturally supposed to, you know, supposed to look like. Um, so in her documentary, she says that she's eating this special diet and there's this voiceover where she's saying no bread, no carbs, no dairy, no meat, no sugar, no fish, no alcohol. And I'm hungry. 
and she's eating an apple as you know, in the, in the film, as she's saying this and I'm like, no carbs, no sugar. Uh, Wait a minute. Did somebody tell her that an apple has carbs and sugar in it? Um, but the fact that she's hungry and then I found this quote and, you know, it goes through like her whole transformation and how dedicated she was. Um, this quote was at the very end of her documentary. And she said, I have children. I have a husband. I have to take care of my body. I definitely push myself further than I knew I could. And I learned a very valuable lesson. I will never, never push myself that far again. Mm. So that paired with her, you know, understanding that I'm hungry, I'm on the super restrictive diet and she's, she's got these baby twins. And so of course my brain is like, you're not able to breastfeed and your body is not healing well after birth, after like growing two babies inside Mm -hmm. of you, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there. And it sounds like maybe she has realized that this super rigid and restrictive regimen on top of the training and the dancing and the, I mean, doing like a two hour concert is, has to be just an athletic feat that I will never understand. (laughs) So it truly is training. Um, so that was one that gives me a little bit of hope that maybe not all of these celebrities get roped into this way of thinking. The other one, Taylor Swift, um, her documentary, gosh, I, can't, I'll have to look up the name of it. Cause I can't remember. It's really good. Um, she talks about how she famously got so thin, um, back in the, what was it like the early 2010 to 2012, 13 era, somewhere in there. Yeah. She was becoming this womanly body instead of the tiny little teenage body that she had when she first became pregnant or sorry, first became famous. And she started realizing she wanted to continue being that, like, I have to fit this persona that, that I became famous looking this way. Mm -hmm. And so she started really engaging in these restrictive behaviors. And she openly talks about this in her documentary and how she, realized how unhealthy it was for her. And she had physical and emotional ramifications and just realized like I have to, and some of it was also her just overall maturity coming into herself and realizing that like, I need to, you know, I'm not the same Taylor Swift that everybody thought I was when I was, you know, this young teen and now I'm a woman and I need to also embrace my womanhood, you know, and look like a woman too. And so she said that she does still have those, you know, she, she, I would say empowered herself to actually take care of her body in a natural way, eating and, you know, not restricting food anymore and using that as a, um, as a way to kind of fit in a, to a box. And she said, whenever her brain kind of goes back to that, oh, maybe I should try this, you know, look a certain way, or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm getting a little bit big and she would kind of have those glimpses, she'd remind herself, nope, we've been down that road. We know where it leads and we're not going there again. So really that I love watching that scene because her self-talk and her just loving herself. I mean, that's what it comes down to is that everything we've talked about with body positivity, self-love, you know, those things that you are your own advocate and best friend, and you have to, you know, really embrace that to be able to talk yourself out of some of these crazy fad diets and fitting into, you know, a societal box. Yeah. No, I like that. I think anytime those kind of messages can be told or spread from someone who has a, just a, a big megaphone, you know, like Taylor Swift, like Beyonce, man, it just, it, it warms my heart. You know what I mean? Really? I know, it's just like, Oh, thank God. You know, there's someone out there with just this really loud voice who's saying, telling people, you know, you don't need to do that. You know, like that's just not let's stop and let's stop trying to find our value and worth and our size or shape or whatever, you know, our weight and just, let's just be ourselves and realize that there's a lot of beauty in our diversity, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I like her, that a whole her, lot. Her documentary was called Miss Americana. So highly was, recommend it. Taylor Swift's. 
Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. Um, was the I Beyonce was one great. good? I thought it was really good. In fact, I watched it while I was on the trainer because I love, I love like dance music and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, upbeat like club type music when I'm riding mm -hmm. the trainer. And so it was really, and I have a background in dance. And so watching dancers is just like gets me kind of going and amped sure. up. And so watching her, you know, perform and sing, and it was, it was a good one. Um, Miss Americana, by the way, I've talked to a number of men that have watched that documentary mm -hmm. and enjoyed it too. So I think, you know, some, some people are like closet Taylor Swift fans, even though they're dudes and they're, <laughs> they're hey, we are, we are Taylor Swift it. fans in this house. I'm not afraid <laughs> to admit it. I think she's great. We are too. Yep. Yeah. I like her a lot. All right. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? <clears throat> We have a uh, big glaring one that I don't even know where to begin. Do I do that one? We, you, we might just have Dorsey. to, I was going to say, we, we might just have to, um, let's just throw it out there that <laughs> goop and you said it the best, actually. Goop. I think you can, I think you can summarize everything about goop in one phrase. Okay. So let me, let me back up for just a minute and then I'll get to that. So <laughs> Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's company, I guess, right? And I think if anyone is at the forefront of like being a celebrity pushing health and nutrition stuff, it's probably Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Like she's really, I feel like she's more known for that than anything she's doing acting wise these days, right? Um, and she's been doing this for a while you know, quite a while. And she has a famous celebrity trainer, Tracy Anderson, who, in my opinion, is absolutely worthless as a trainer. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, just perpetuates so much nonsense. And I mean, things like, you know, women should never, ever, ever work out with more than three pound weights because, you know, you're just going to get huge and big and bulky. And then it's like, okay, so how do you, how do you pick up your child? Three pounds, three pounds. Yep. Three pounds, <laughs> like three pounds in each hand or three pounds total. I mean, I think three in each, but still, oh my gosh, six. So, yeah. Six. Yeah. Pounds. Yeah. Both my kids were like over eight pounds. Up, I mean, this is just <laughs> ridiculous. You know, this just this idea, it's just scare tactics and it's just nonsense. And so I have, I have had a, a sore place in my mind for Gwyneth Paltrow just for listening to that nonsense for then this is a decade ago and now she's just gotten deeper and deeper deeper into health and wellness and quote unquote health and wellness and so Aaron and I were talking about just her company goop and all all the stuff that she promotes and perpetuates and sells um, and makes a lot of money off of and we were just like man there's just so much here like what do we focus on where do we start what do we talk about and we just kind of realized maybe we just don't get into all that because there's just so much and it's all, most of it is nonsense. Like there's not even like a, a good portion of like, okay, but there's some really good, it's just like, oh my gosh, everything you read is just ridiculous. And I, so this was my quote for the day that if there was a cherry on top of Mount Bullshit, it would be goop. <laughs> That's, that's kind of how I feel just, you know, all the nonsense and health and wellness and fitness that just people perpetuate. And it's just all stacked up in this big pile. And there's goop, the little shining star <laughs> right on top. <laughs> I, I love it. I think that's the best summary. I don't, I don't know that we need to go any further. I don't except, think we do. Okay. I have to mention the candle. Okay. During my reading, as I was going through, <laughs> Michael's like painful thinking about this. I was looking for like the nutrition it's the specific. Arrogance. It's the arrogance. <laughs> That's what gets the me. nutrition specific things that she had going on. And I came across one of the best sellers that apparently is sold out is a candle that she uh, offered on her website that was scented like her vagina. Mm-hmm. Because Let that one sink in because we all want our houses to smell like Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow's <laughs> pink bits. I mean, <laughs> I've never heard pink bits before. And I like that a lot. <laughs> it's from, 
Uh oh, we're gonna have to stop the podcast because Michael and I oh, are actually laughing to tears. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just I can't imagine like like I mean it's just the arrogance of like well surely people want this like <laughs> that in and of itself is mind blowing. It's sold out. It's it, apparently mind blowing. Like even if they only made one, the fact that it's sold out is mind blowing. <laughs> Right, like this is ridiculous. Then you pair it with like, what does it have anything to do with health or wellness? Mm -hmm. No candles have anything to do with health or wellness. And then just the idea, like like of buying this and putting it in your home and burning it. It's like, (laughs) like somebody walks in and goes, "What's that smell? What's that smell?" Yeah, yeah. Like. Oh, honey, we got company coming. Where's my Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle? <laughs> I really, I I really mean, want the, people to know who back, we are when they walk in. Back in the olden days, you'd just like bake some cookies or something so your house smelled good. But now we have Jeez. Gwyneth to save us with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, thanks for inviting us over. What's that smell? Uh, what's that? We're going to leave now. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with you people ever again. You're monsters. So if that isn't enough evidence to see that the scientific backing of goop is flimsy at best, um, and that a lot of this is very kind. (laughs) A lot of this is based in self-promotion, um, uh, celebrity yeah. status. I mean, pure marketing and going off of a name and a following. Um, this is another example of why it can be so dangerous to just totally buy into what a celebrity yeah. is pushing, because I guarantee you it's a moneymaker, you know, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes controversial things will crap. I mean, case in point, our society right now that, more controversy can really grab hold of people. And all of a sudden there is this super strong belief and following. And so Mm -hmm. this is, I think what we see with goop is that some of this stuff is so outlandish that people are like, well, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So it has to be true. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's, we are, I think often, and I think we're seeing that right now, a whole bunch, but we're, we're, we're attracted to extreme and, and, and confusing and complicated. And I think a lot of that is people struggle so much to, to, to lose weight or eat healthy or stick to a plan that I think there's this, this buy-in, well, it must be more complicated, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like it's, it can't be this simple. So I just haven't figured out how complicated it is. And so when we find something that's really complicated and convoluted, it's like, Oh, maybe that's it because surely it can't be simple, you know, because if it's simple, it would have been easy for me to do when it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with just the, the crazy way we, we try to make forward progress. But so I think there is often a lot of times when, when things look confusing, there's, there's a sort of like, Oh, maybe this is, they've cracked the code. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And since, I mean, we can just wrap up with Jack Dorsey, since you mentioned him, I had looked up his diet, um, CEO of Twitter. He is, uh, basically among this collective of Silicon Valley CEOs who are doing more and more extreme things with their diet and, and health regimens. I mean, he takes ice baths and different things and, that's not to say that some of these practices, I mean, again, I really do have a pretty um, open mind when it comes to, okay, give it a try. You know, if it's not going to cause any harm, give it a try and see how it works for you. Um, He is, however, really, I think this could be classified as, as an eating disorder because he does a fasting regimen where he can eat one meal between 6 30 AM to 9 30 PM. Okay. And then he fasts all weekend. So one meal, I don't know how, I mean, I've eaten some pretty massive meals in my day (laughs) and it's really hard to get over 
much over a thousand calories in one meal. I mean, mm. you really have to work at it. And I guarantee mm -hmm. you based on the foods he's eating, he's not getting there because it's some kind of lean protein with salad, spinach, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, something like that. And then mixed berries yeah. for dessert. So it's, it's becoming this trend for, especially for these high powered CEOs to just really control and get into this hyper self-restriction, self-monitoring mm -hmm. kind of, you know, they're into biohacking. So to me, biohacking is like trying to force your body to do something like a robot, mm -hmm. like how my body has a tendency to, um, you know, adapt to certain things or have physiological or signals, I'm going to biohack my way out of being a human is what I hear when, right. when I see that. And I, I could be just painting with a really broad brush because there might be some other, you know, maybe useful hacks. But in my experience, when I read about these trends in biohacking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this doesn't yeah. sound healthy at all, no. physically or emotionally. Nope. Oh, I completely agree. And I think there's, you know, I mean, when someone, so Jack Dorsey is, I don't know if you said this, but he's the CEO of Twitter. So mm -hmm. someone like that is probably pretty driven, right? Like, yeah, there's probably a real need to be insanely productive. And I think sometimes I've wondered, this is a speculation. So just take it as that. But when you see like these Silicon Valley people and the CEOs who buy into like intermittent fasting or one meal a day, sometimes I wonder, is it, is it really serving you or is it just, it's one less thing for you to have to worry about. Yeah. So you can just dive into your obsession and your company and producing and growing and you know, that kind of stuff. Because I think there is certainly there's there's an element of that. It's probably nice to not have to be like, okay, let me stop and eat lunch. It's nope, just produce, 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 you know? And so I've wondered that before, if there's just an element of that's the attraction that, that I just, I don't have to stop my productivity or being in the zone or whatever. And I just worry about that once the work day is done. Yep. I think, I think you're right on. And, and there's an element of control in that, right? So like really hyper management of your life in a way that allows you to, again, like you said, obsess over the thing you want to obsess over. And right. that's not to say, I mean, you know, history has shown us that there are tons of scientists, inventors, artists, you know, people that, that really, they don't know how else to live. You know, right. they're in that extreme space. Um, what I worry about is Jack Dorsey is an adult he can figure out what he wants to do with his life and his body. I think it's very detrimental to spread any of those messages like this is what other people can do to get to where he is or to be as productive mm -hmm. as he is. Yep. No, I completely agree. Completely okay. agree. Okay. Wow. Right. I feel like I need to go eat a pizza after saying all that. I'm not going to lie. Pizza sounds really good. Right really now. nice and carby, I think. Or like a burger and fries. Mm. That sounds delicious. So we've laughed yeah. a lot today and I mentioned humor earlier. <laughs> so my meaning in the mundane is we, I think we can all agree that true deep joy and laughter has probably been in short supply for a lot of us lately. Mm -hmm. And I think the last time I truly had, I mean, I, I laugh just, I mean, I'm still watching the office and, you know, I, I have some things that make me laugh or smile throughout the day, but like that true, like uncontrollable bubble of laughter that you're almost in tears because it's so funny. And then you're feeding off of the person in the room with you. That's also laughing so hard because their face is just contorted and laughing. <laughs> That happened with Matt and I last night when we were watching, I mean, first of all, we were watching Chris Rock was on Colbert and I just, I really like his material and I like the way he says things and we He's were one of the best. Oh my gosh. We were laughing. He's a fantastic comedian. So hard. And then I'll have to send this to you. Matt found a YouTube video on, I can't remember what the channel is, but it's something like when people try something for the first time. So it was all of these people from Ireland who tried bourbon for the, these different types of bourbon for the first time. And oh, it is hysterical. They're all like closet comedians. <laughs> and I, 
I was listening to this kind of from the other room and I, and Matt's laughing and I come out and he's like, he's laughing so hard. He can't speak and he's having to pause the video so he doesn't miss anything and then he'll play it again. And so I start watching this with him and we both were just dying. And that those kinds of moments are really hard to come by for me mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And so to have that, I was just like, this is this is really special. Like this, I can feel physically feel the difference, um, before going to bed after having that really nice, deep belly laughter. So yeah. yeah. Nice. I like that a lot. Mine. I'm a I'll big send fan you that of video. Laughter. Yeah, please do. I hope I think it's funny. Wouldn't that be awful? I was like, I didn't laugh at all. <laughs> You're like, that's dumb, Aaron, <laughs> whatever. Is this your sense of humor? Oh boy. <laughs> no, please do. <laughs> please do. Cause I like to laugh and I like bourbon. So yeah. Look, we both just laughed at the pink bits joke. So, so I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure our sense of humor is like, it can jive. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, So for me, actually, it was today, like right now, actually. So we have had just yucky weather. Like it's been Mm -hmm. for here, it's been really cold, like lows in like 33, 34, which is cold for here and highs like 42, 44 and just a bunch of rain for several days. And this morning, the sun just like, boom, exploded out. And it's gonna be warmer today, like 58, 60. And so for me, just sitting in my office here working like all morning and just the sun coming in, oh man, I have just missed sunny days over the last week or so. And so it's been really, that's just like, yeah, some days sunny days just hit you, you know, and it's hitting me today and my mood is better. I'm just like, yeah, I just feel better. I feel happier. And yeah, it's been overdue. So I love it. I love that you can appreciate just something so ordinary, like Mm -hmm. sunshine, you know, Mm -hmm. never take it for granted. Nope. Yep. It's a, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for enduring that conversation about Mm -hmm. celebrity hacks. Hacks. (laughs) So that kind of like works both ways, right? It's like how they hack their diets and also they're just hacks. That's yeah, yeah. like a double meaning. Yeah, exactly. I just now nice. got that. <laughs> <laughs> so All as right. always, mm-hmm. you can um, reach us at middleish at gmail.com. You can uh, now follow us on Instagram at middleish underscore podcast. And we would love your support, your sharing, your questions. Um, and thank you for listening.